guys. You're listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. This is a podcast where we tell each other true scary stories. My name is Katie Wiggins. My name is Morgan Driscoll, and today is a very special day. Today's my birthday! And I'm so happy, and I'm 23 years old, and so far, uh, it's only been a couple hours since I've woken up, but it's been really special and positive so far. Um, What you can do for me if you want to... uh, to make my birthday special is to right now pause our podcast search it and give it a positive review five stars and throw a couple words fun nice good super cool are some adjectives um you you know just fill in the blank and i'd really appreciate it that would be the best uh gift that you as a listener can give me um unless you like my venmo in which case (laughs) you could really make it special but yes, um, did we already say our names? Do they yeah, know who we are? they know who we are. Okay. Now they do. Good deal. Now they do. Okay. Great. Well, um, today is uh, my turn to tell a scary story. Are you taking us to Oklahoma or Florida or somewhere in the swamp? Better. <laughs> what? <laughs> so um, I share my birthday with... Uh, a few really famous, wonderful people, Ooh. as most people on Earth uh, do. <laughs> but I like to think that mine is even more special. Mm-hmm. Um, you can help for it. no real reason that I can justify. And uh, and I share it with uh, Ernest Hemingway as one of the people that Ooh. I share my birthday with, July twenty first. So I wanted to do something that in some way related to Ernest Hemingway. And I go and I search uh, celebrity ghost stories because I love celebrity ghost stories. And I just had in my head like, oh, I would just love that because I love celebrity ghost stories and that would be a fun show to do. Mm -hmm. And the first one that popped up was Mariel Hemingway, (gasps) Ernest Hemingway's granddaughter. And I thought, I wonder if this has anything to do with him, but we will find out. So I chose to do a few stories from... Celebrity ghost stories that have to center around the idea of guardian angels because my only like real, I think, really tangible uh, repetitive paranormal experiences have been with like little nudges Mm -hmm. from my feel like people watching out for me. So I thought it would be appropriate to do an episode sort of centered around guardian angels um, because I thought that was really positive and I love that. Yeah, a little, just re- a little more uplifting. I'm still recovering uplifting. from your slavery story. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I need to be uplifted. Yeah. I'm telling you, though, that show is extremely dark. I might just do it, like, maybe once a month, because it's, um, that's a hard, uh, uh, what's the name of it again? Dead Files. Dead Files. Intense. Yeah, it's, um, Intense it's aggressive, files, yeah. but it's not going to be aggressive here. Woo-hoo. Oh, also, so, no, I'll just get into okay, it. So, okay. Mariel Hemingway, she is the granddaughter of Ernest Hemingway. She is also an actress in her own right. She was an actress when she was young in, I think, the 1970s, when she was, like, a teenager. Hmm. Um, she's very beautiful, and she was famous for a bit at that point, but she has since sort of established herself as like a fitness eating type huh. guru person because she's aware that in her family, like addictive coping mm-hmm. mechanisms are unfortunately very common, which I think almost everyone's family. Yeah. I think that's just a human trait. Yeah. 
um, yeah, coping, coping poorly. And and so she's high, like hyper aware of that, obviously. Uh, and Good for her. so she responds to it by basically living an almost like Puritan, like eating, exercise, yoga lifestyle. So oh. she has books out about that. If you're interested, they're interesting and um, uh, very Spartan, though. I think I like pureed purple cauliflower at one point. Oh. It was horrible. <clears throat> I. I'll try it. So almost just as an oddity, maybe pick it up. So she, and when I was listening to her speak, she had this accent that I couldn't really place. And I was like, what, what are you, how, where are you from? Mm -hmm. And she said that she had grown up in Idaho. No, in Utah, in Utah. And I was like, this does not sound like a Utah accent. And then I'm listening to it with Ian and she's like talking about something and then she says like, whatever. And then we're like, oh my God, it's California. She's a valley girl. She's got a little valley there. So then I try to look into like California dialects Mm -hmm. and I watch the SNL skit, The Californians, which was not helpful. (laughs) California. Just get on the 10. Get on the 10. Uh, You're going to want to take the 245 and switch over to the 10. Yeah. that's that's So that was not helpful because they were basically all talking as if like half of their mouths were numbed. Um, But I really got into it to try to like find out what the California like type voice is. So I almost... (laughs) It's got to be one of the dumbest uh, oh, dialects I've ever, ever like tried to learn. I wouldn't be able to take her seriously. I was like, an, it's she was not, doing an it's not, video. It's not heavy. One. I've, I've heard two. heavier. One. <laughs> two. <laughs> three. <laughs> um, but I, it's, it's, it's not intense, but I just thought it was fun that I got to learn a new dialect. That's okay. Awesome. So, so she grew up. Oh, no. Okay. So she did grow up in Sun Valley, Idaho, hmm. not Utah. I get them confused. They're entirely different, though. Do you know what and an she- Idaho accent sounds like? No, 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 no. <laughs> and she moved there when she was four years old. Oh, so yeah. And my grandfather had really loved this area. So I felt like I had a genetic pull to it. Um, Hemingway killed himself the year that she was born in 1961. He killed himself on July 2nd and I was born in November and I never knew him, but I always felt that we were connected. And when he passed, it felt like significant that he were, was to go away and I was to come in. So... It's the early 20s. Ooh. It's not the early 20s. She's, she is in her early We're 20s. Bringing it back. Lights up on 1926. <laughs> no, she's in her early 20s. She's married and she lives in the Idaho uh, woods in a very kind of rural setback area. Her husband travels a lot and she's alone a lot. She happens to also be seven months pregnant. So a few odd things are happening in this house when she's often very alone. Right when she moved in, they were unpacking things and she hears water running. So she explores the house, looks around. 
walks right up to the bathroom where she hears it pouring. Opens the door, sees water gushing out of the faucet. Reaches to turn it off and it turns off right as she reaches for it. Oh, no, I don't. I I have goosebumps. I don't care for that. And this happens repeatedly. Oh, God, how wasteful. She'll hear water rushing. Yes, it's true. And, um... I, and it's that feels like a trigger for a Californian yeah. to hear to water rushing and <laughs> we're in a drought. <laughs> How dare you? Everyone runs in. <laughs> um, and uh, and then it just turns off right when she reaches for it. So she calls plumbers. They come in, check out the pipes, everything, and nothing is wrong. Nothing is unusual. Hmm. And I'd be walking down the hall, and I would. feel feel like there was someone there watching me right out of the corner of my eye and it wasn't like a shadow it was like a real sense of form was there i felt threatened by this dark constant energy (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i could stand to be around her for too long well, that's the thing. Like, this accent is not easy on my no, mouth. No, I don't like, know how you're in takes, your throat, I imagine. It takes effort. Yeah. Like, how do they do it? So funny. My family. My family. It's it's not easy. Okay. People think Californians are lazy, but that accent. <laughs> well, they're yeah, they're so busy doing their accent that they don't want to do anything else. You can't blame them. It's practically as difficult as a New Zealand. It takes that much Mouth effort. Okay. So on one super dark cold night, it was like a February in Idaho, you know, super dark and cold. I'm alone with my newborn daughter. So it's like 3 a.m. She's home alone. Her husband is out of the house. She doesn't explain anything other than that, but that feels suspicious. Where the fuck are you at 3 a.m. in the Idaho woods? So she goes around the house to turn off all the lights. She's in the guest bedroom. She turns off the lamp by the bed. She walks off down the hallway. She turns around. The light she just turned off is on. And at this point, I'm like completely confused. I know I just turned it off. So I walk back and I just think, well, I guess I didn't. And I turn it off again. She's just getting into bed. She's finally got all the lights off, Mm -hmm. creeping into bed. Mm -hmm. And attached to her bedroom is the nursery. It's like set apart, but it's attached. Mm -hmm. And she sees movement. Mm -hmm. She's terrified. Right. Now, it's part of the bedroom, but it's far enough away to really startle me. And then the form was in my room. (gasps) And then she got a strangulation feeling. Like she couldn't scream, she couldn't move. She's insanely frightened. <laughs> um there was no way of removing the tremendous pressure I felt. I felt like it was going to kill me. <laughs> And then something came 
and pushed it away. And that energy left me. So I ran to the nursery and I pick up my daughter, Dree, and she's undisturbed. Her breath is normal and I'm just holding her tight. And then it was almost like this warm wind coming in. And she felt like she was surrounded and enveloped by like large arms protecting her. And she felt from that that everything was going to be all right. And after that, odd things stopped (gasps) happening. Whatever it was that had been there left. So 10 years ago, I was invited to go to Cuba to see places where Ernest Hebigway liked to hang out. So she's visiting his home. And she goes into his studio where she where he worked, and it's beautiful. There are Picasso plates on the walls and um, his gorgeous typewriter. And she sees his typewriter and goes in front of it and puts her hands on it. And <laughs> this accent, it's so funny because it makes it sound insane and ridiculous, whatever she's saying. Mm-hmm. But it's also exactly how she talks. <laughs> so <laughs> it's hard for me. Yeah. But it's amazing. So I put my face. <laughs> so good. Okay, yeah. Sorry. You'll have to watch. I'll send you a link to the video. Yeah. It- yeah, I need to see it. I put my fingers on the typewriter. And right at that moment, I was surrounded and enveloped by my grandfather's energy. I felt those arms of protection around me, just like I had when I was in Idaho. It was the same feeling of being protected. And she starts crying. And it was the most powerful feeling because I was so sure that my grandfather was there and that he was by my side. And I was crying because I really felt that energy so powerfully. I know that I've always been guided and protected by my grandfather and that he has always been my angel. I just gotta say, well done. Oh my <laughs> god, what what a monologue. You're you're a professional, folks. You got you got a professional's work for free. Take that to the bank. You got a birthday gift. From her. On and her now birthday. for the audio stylings <laughs> of Mariel Hemingway describing paranormal experiences. <laughs> it's a very niche it's, what we do. Very niche. It's like we have two hats with a bunch of slips in it, and you're like, Mariel Hemingway doing California accent talking about paranormal activities. It's a bunch of hats. I like it. I like to keep our listeners on on their toes. You never know. You never one. No episode is the same as another. Mm-hmm. No two episodes are the same. Is a better way to say that. Um, a better way to say so, it would be with the Californian accent. No two episodes <laughs> are gonna be the same. My family. I honestly don't know how people talk like this all the time because it's not easy for me. And I feel like there's not like a z sound. It's like, I would say easy. It's like easy. Easy. It's that vocal fry. You're from Texas. Mm. Texas, not Texas. 
Texas. It's so funny. So <laughs> if we have any California, there are tons of people in California that don't have any accent yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, this, yeah. And then there are those special few yeah. that I get to have fun with. Okay, next. So we went from Idaho, wherever that may be. Yeah. <laughs> um, Midwest, Middle America, wet. No, it's definitely West. It's West West. It's like maybe shares a border with Nevada. Uh, I have. I'm gonna no. quickly look at a map. Colorado? No, because Colorado's very close to us to Texas. Would it be that uh-huh. close to us? Oh, it's way up there, bordered by Washington and like Montana, Wyoming. Oh wow wow it's wow! It's like way okay, up definitely to the not. Okay, so Northwest, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Almost. Not Pacific, though, because it does not have a coast. No. No, it doesn't have no. a coast. No. I know the coast is. It's states. the one that shapes really funky. Right, right, right. I know. Okay. So now we're going from the Northwest to the Northeast. <gasps> I love going to, to the Northeast. Well, I don't know if you will, because we're going to the Bronx. Oh. <laughs> so, um,. Uh, so we are meeting Kevin Brown, and if you watch Thirty Rock, he mm-hmm. is famously part of Tracy Morgan's Posse dot mm-hmm. com. He's super funny, and he's a big deal. And uh, I love he's him. actually, yeah, he's not like the usual like washed up celebrities that they have. Actually, neither is Marielle Hemingway. They got two pretty good, hey, you, go. you know, celeb. Like these people would be considered celebrities. So good for them. So he's describing that he grew up in the in in the Bronx, New York, uh, quote, in the regular hood, <laughs> as he describes it. Uh, he was like, you know, um, just so- terrible shit happening. You know, the hood. And it's like, oh, OK, good. And he said, growing up, he always felt that he had had a guardian angel. Anytime anything was about to go wrong, he would hear a voice telling him it's time to go. And he would go. He was always luckier than his friends. For example, once in fifth grade, he and his friends decide to hang out on the train tracks. Oh. And uh, they have to, like, um, they have to, like, jump a fence or, like, crawl under some shit to get there. It's not easy. And he said, for us, it was like there was nothing to it. But it was a dangerous place to be. So they're hanging out and throwing rocks. Oh, God. Childhood in the Bronx. And, Is it the 20s? Uh, <laughs> no, it's like... Hanging out on the, the train 19... tracks throwing rocks. It's got to be the late 1960... No. 70s? Yeah, Maybe the not... 70s. And the 70s in the Bronx is going to be uh, rough. Yeah. To say the very least. Yeah. The 70s just in New York, period. Uh, wow, what a fucking place. So... They're throwing rocks, hanging out on the train tracks. And while they're playing, he hears a voice in his head. Go home. He had no reason to go home other than that voice. But he says, you know what, guys, I'm I'm going to go home. And they're like, what do you mean you're going to go home? Look at all the rocks we can throw. Um, and he's like, I'm just going home. So right as he leaves, like 10 minutes later, the cops show up, round up his friends because they were skipping school and throwing rocks. Uh, and uh, and are going to get them in all sorts of trouble for uh, for truancy. Because it's illegal. Oh. Right. So years later, he's 20-something. And he's in Harlem hanging out at a lodge. I don't really know what a lodge is. 
But apparently it's a place where people hang out, play cards, drink, and listen to music. Okay. So he's there like seven days a week, playing music, playing cards. One day he's there with everybody, playing cards, and the voice comes back and he hears, it's time to go. He had no other reason to go but that voice. And he's there every single day late into the night. But he says, guys, I'm going to head out. And they're like, what? And he's like, I'm gone. Bye. So he leaves. When he comes back the next night, the guys are like, you don't know what happened last night? Ten minutes after you left, a bunch of guys with masks and guns <gasps> came in here and they got robbed. Holy shit. <gasps> yeah. Man. Someone so, is looking out for this dude. Yeah, and it makes me wonder, who the fuck is sleeping on his friends? Like, who, where the, where are their people yeah. being like, get the fuck out of there? Like, somebody's taking a special interest in him, and it makes me judgmental of the people that should be taking special interests in all his friends. If these but are I the mean, same you know, friends somebody's after gotta get arrested. these instances, I would they leave should just know that whenever he, he goes, yeah. I'm going yeah. as well. Yeah. Actually, that's smart. I'd just stay with him. Shit. Yeah. He knows what's up. So, um, over the years, because of this, he learned to really trust that voice. Mm-hmm. He didn't understand it, but he was just going to follow it. Because why not? Years later, he owns a comedy club in Harlem. And it's in, like, an industrial park type area. The area now probably has higher rent than I'm paying here. So, you know, you never know. <laughs> But at the time, it was like an industrial park. So it's late one night, like 1 a.m. He performed, he closes up shop, and he heads home about 1. Now it's like 5 a.m. He's been sleeping, and all of a sudden, he feels like someone's jostled him. And he hears a voice, go to your club. It's 5 a.m. He's got no reason to go but this voice. But he jumps in his car, and he goes from the Bronx to Harlem to check out his club. He pulls up and he sees smoke coming out of the back of his club. He calls the fire department, and this was fascinating. He says, I called the fire department, but because of the area I was in, I knew they weren't going to come quick, so I knew I had to handle this on my own. And I was like, fucking shit, that's a horrible thing to know. That's such a horrible thing to just so matter-of-factly be like, I called the fire department, but they're not going to be here anytime soon, so I've got to handle this. Why would... because it's the, it's an industrial park in the Bronx in the 1990s, 80s. Who's going to fuck with the fire department, you know? They're good bros. They're good dudes. Well, maybe not. Anyway. Uh, so Okay, smoke. so he's at his club. He knows that fire department's not going to be coming. So he um, unlocks... His padlock and and opens the the like metal racky thing that kind of it's like you open it like a garage when you mm, close. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird in New York when you have like a storefront, you have to have this like weird garage type metal thing that you pull in front of it. Oh yeah, um, so that yeah, so that people don't um break in. So he opens that up and opens his front door, and black smoke comes shooting out of the front door. And he's like, well, I got to clear out this smoke. Um, so hopefully that'll keep his 
club firm being totally destroyed mm-hmm. because he has everything riding on this club, Aww. like financially. He has everything riding on it. So he's, he's got to do something. Yeah. So he takes a big breath. And he jumps in to go open the other doors. He opens the other doors, turns around, goes to take another breath, but there's no oxygen. (gasps) He hears the voice again. It's time to go. He remembers seeing a cloud of dim light. He remembers falling, hitting the floor. And he felt like someone was dragging him, but there was nobody there. (gasps) And, And then he passed out. He doesn't remember getting out of that building. When he woke up, he's in front of his club. Oh, no. oh he's so sweet. I hope it's like a little old grandma, like, because huh, huh. isn't he the big guy? <laughs> yeah. He's, he, well, he's like muscular. Yeah, he's like. He's not fat. Yeah, not fat. He, he's like. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's he's the, the intellectual of the posse, I believe. Dot com. So. Um, so he's laying down, he's looking around, and the fire department were just pulling up. Mm. He's trying to explain to them where the flames were and what happened to him. He's still on the ground. He's looking up at them. And then he notices this woman. And he's like, it's an older black woman that no one seems to notice. And he's confused because, like, he's like, what's this woman doing here? Why isn't anybody doing anything about it? Uh... And then he re- recognizes her as his grandma. <gasps> he called it. Ah. You did call it. And uh, his grandmother had passed <gasps> a while before. But they were extremely close. They were like, she was his favorite. And he always felt that he was her favorite, even though there were a lot of grandkids. Um and he just he said it just warms my heart to think about my grandma like to think about the amazing times we had together um and then he realized that the voice in his mind that has always been so um vigilant constantly and trying to protect him and trying to put i think opportunities his way probably which he doesn't even realize um was his grandma and um, he realized that his grandma was his guardian angel. That's amazing. I know. I know that. Oh, my Isn't God. Isn't that beautiful? That's so sweet. It is. She's a strong, beautiful woman. And she, apparently she's busy in the afterlife. Yeah. Well, which makes me question, like, where everybody else's grandparent? What are you all doing? Like, shit. <laughs> I hope that her other grandkids aren't getting, like, bad shit happening to them because she's busy protecting them. That would be pretty funny. Do you know what? Now that uh, the story is over, you guys can either stop listening. But if you want to continue, we're going to talk about some scary movies. Uh, I finally watched. Did I tell you that I watched the new It? I find like Wait, I can't believe it, it took me this long. No, I didn't. I didn't because it was in theaters, and I didn't want to well, see because I didn't want to be HBO scared. Now, so we watched it. Okay. Yes, and we watched it on HBO, and I thought it was wonderful. It's, okay, yes, it's, it's so, so good. good. The original It was. Five hours long miniseries and it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> I don't understand how so many people were traumatized by it when I was like, this shit. Yeah. But the new one, I'm like, oh, fully people are going to be traumatized yeah. by this if kids see it. It was so upsetting. It was, but yeah. it was nice because it didn't like a 
it didn't carry over for me. Like, pretty much when the movie was over, I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm no longer yeah. scared. Yeah. It's not like The Shining or the mm. movie It Follows. Like, it's not gonna, like, creep into you. Like, when you make up, wake up in the middle of the night, yeah. it's not I'm gonna, gonna be able to sleep. stick with yeah. Yes. It's like yeah. my perfect kind of scary movie for casual yeah. viewing where it's like this, got a few little jump scares in there that really got me, but for the most part, I can just appreciate it for what it is without being horrified. So, what holiday? I really, I was really appreciate like, it. New years or something and we didn't know what to do so we just watched it mm-hmm. it's, it's so good i um the only complaint i think that i heard from people was that when the kids saw what it had made like a representation of their fears like with the leper and all that mm-hmm. stuff they said it wasn't very scary and it wasn't very realistic but that's not the point the point was to scare the kids with what he knew would scare them the most yeah, and I it, thought those it's were not fine. what a leper looks like. And it's probably, also like what it's, is realistic. Yeah, it's I mean, like what a leper scare isn't gonna. I, lepers are not that scary looking. And the painting lady, I don't think. You want her to. She thinks. She, yeah, are you gonna make her look real? Fight me. Yeah, the whole thing about like children's fears is that they're irrational yeah. and strange, and the strangest little things, like an image in a painting, is gonna mm-hmm. haunt you. When I was young, I was terrified of goats and Michael Jackson. <laughs> Really, goats? But now you're better. I thought with goats, that there right? was going to be a goat. I thought you I saw be- one. And you were I have. Okay. I have worked through okay. some issues with okay. goats <laughs> recently. Um, but the movie The Witch did not help with my issues with goats. <gasps> That's on um, Amazon Prime now. Prime Video. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I had a fear of goats before I ever knew that they were associated with the devil. Is it the eyes? I must have been like five years old. I, I thought there was going to be one in the laundry room. I don't know why. I also thought Michael Jackson was going to be in the laundry room. That's fair. I <laughs> I, I found him so scary. Yes, I just like, thought he was going to like take his nose yeah. off when I was like six years old. I just thought that was such a so upsetting. Yeah. yeah. I was afraid so, of yeah. um, Raggedy Ann and Andy dolls. And oh, yeah. I had this wooden um, clown, like a small... Uh, Maybe, like, not even a foot-long clown. And he was mm-hmm. hand-painted. And he had this Ugh. wooden parachute that he was hanging from. I think I had mm-hmm. two of them. And they were hanging in my room, but I was so terrified. They went right in the closet. <laughs> oh, no. Along with the Raggedy Ann and Andy dolls. I did not care for those. Not a bit. My granddad was a hunter. And so when he died, a lot of taxidermy came into our... <sighs> I know how you feel so about So we had, yeah, and why do you think that is? So there was a bunch of taxidermy in the shed in my backyard, and I have a huge backyard in my house in Houston. So if I ever, like, kicked a ball too far in the backyard, I knew I'd have to walk by the open mouth of the shed, and then there would be a lot of taxidermy sticking out of it. So, oh, that was horrifying. You know, and, like, so taxidermy, like, that's not, like necessarily a thing that a lot of people find scary but if i were in it like if i was one of those kids mm. like wild animals i find horrifying like so That's a genuine that fear. would be that would be like it would be like a moose like coming after me like that wouldn't necessarily be scary to anybody else but Ooh, yeah. specifically to me that would be probably what my like fear thing would be That's a good point I get What would your fear thing I'm be I'm trying to think cuz I'm not Fully sure. I guess it would be like a some sort of doll, like a wooden 
clown doll, maybe. I don't know. Oh, well, that that's efficient. It's not, it won't be difficult yeah. for him to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think. I don't know. Um, Roger and I got this card game, and it's Flux, and you, the rules are on the cards, and you play them, and the rules change, and it's a lot of fun. And it has different themed Flux card mm-hmm. games. Like, there's a Firefly and Adventure Time, and we got the Cthulhu edition. And there's a really cool rule where when you play it, if you can say someone else that's playing the game's one of their fears, then you can get Mm -hmm. another card. So it's fun to like see if you know people's fears and then like name a fear of yours. It's it's a lot of fun. That does sound really interesting. Yeah, I was like, what a cool rule. You know what's funny? I was thinking like, well, maybe I'd be scared of like a demon or something. And then I was like, no, like growing up Catholic, you have a weird thing. Like if a demon showed up, you're almost like, fucking take me. Like, yeah, I got a cross. Like, whatever. Like, I want to hang out with you. Like, fuck you, mom and dad. Like, I'm going to hang out with a demon. (laughs) Like, there's there's almost like a, we've been like shown that imagery too early for us to be like really upset by it. It's just like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Come on, get me. <laughs> so what would um Ian's thing be? God. Uh oh, I know. Uh it would be a squid or an octopus. He hates cephalopods. <laughs> what can I say? He hates cephalopods. I mean That's genuine squids. I mean, and uh, if you really get a look at them. Spooky. No, he hates the way they move. Yeah. He hates That's marine fair. life. That he hates bottom feeders. Uh, he thinks they are not God's creatures. <laughs> uh, he yeah, he hates. That's fair. Uh, deep deep sea creatures, and I'm also terrified of whales. So you know, neither of us are ever gonna go fucking scuba diving together. <laughs> you can uh, bank on that shit. Huh. Yeah. So it'd just be like a giant octopus coming for him. They can do a lot. I saw one open a jar. <laughs> they have him at the aquarium. He has a jar full of toys, and he just opens it and plays with the toys. They're smart. They're that's extraordinarily upsetting. Yeah, um, I know for sure Rogers would be a swarm. He's afraid of swarms of things. Like I asked him, even if it was a bunch of baby kittens, he was like, "Yeah." I don't care for swarms of things. So I think it'd be a swarm of monkeys. Oh, yeah, totally. I can understand that. I bet Jumanji would be upsetting for him. (gasps) Yeah, he doesn't watch Jungle. (laughs) (laughs) Set in fucking New Hampshire. It's not a jungle movie. But uh, yeah, no, I get it. All right. Well, guys, I'm 23 years old. Everybody have a drink tonight to celebrate me. God knows I won't be. Because I don't drink, but I will have some cheesecake and perhaps a pork loin. So um, uh, if you liked what you heard, go ahead and give us a review and a rating if you haven't already. And if you have already, just do it again. Why not? Uh, Twice for luck. And um, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. You can follow me on Instagram at Goth Adjacent and Morgan at Lil Bit. Driz, D-R-I-S, because her last name is Drisco. Drisco. I believe that is it. We have merch oh, we on have Red merch Bubble. on Redbubble. No, I did not say that. All right. Is it? If anyone's interested in buying something with our faces on it, we'll make that happen for you. <laughs> I don't think anyone is interested in that. 
<laughs> but let's find out, shall we? All right, yeah. y'all have yeah. a spooky night. Filled with restless dreams. Of haunted things. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. Bye.